We want to welcome you all into the 17th episode of Trojan Talk. I'm Zach Taranko alongside Jeff Krishmer and Cole Purvis. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. Excellent. That's great. So we're going to start off with some TA sports, and we'll look back to last week for the uh, the Class AA girls and boys basketball tournament. We'll start with the girls. They won their quarterfinal game over South Portland. We broadcast that game. Looking like they were going to make a run. They ended up losing to Scarborough in the semifinal. Jeff, you and I broadcasted that game. But what did you see from TA and, and overall looking at the season? Uh, how did they play? I mean, overall, the season's a success. I mean, they, they didn't come in as the favorites. They didn't come in with a lot of uh, tons of senior leadership. So for them to get to where they did, I think they'll be disappointed that they didn't get to the regional final. I mean, if they would have gone to the regional final and lost to Gorham, I don't think anybody would have felt bad. Or no, they would have felt bad, but not you know disappointed. Scarborough's just one of those 50-50 games. I mean, they split the regular season series to get to there. And really, when you look at the game itself, I mean, it's just one of those games that, you know, Jessica Dow and Addison Sulkowski, they combined for something like 5 for 40 from the field. I think was uh, I think Coach Marston sent me that stat. So those kind of games just happen, and and we saw one specific moment that sticks in my mind for for Dow especially, and I just feel bad for her because she was such a great player all year. It was one time I think it was in the third quarter where she was driving down the lane and she stopped on a dime and faked the defender out completely. It was about three feet from the rim, put it off the backboard, just hit the rim and went out. And it was just like that's just not just not your day, and mm-hmm. and it just happens from time to time. So there's a lot of hope for the team because next year they should be. And they lose McKenna Melendez, Melendez, who's obviously a great defender, uh, but most of their other scoring will be back. So, the, and, and looking at the other teams that are losing pretty much everybody, a lot of optimism that they could make a deeper run next year. Mm-hmm. Just, just one of those games. Yeah. Cole? Well, there's a lot of pressure that comes with playing at the Civic Center for these games, and I do think they felt that. They were forced to shoot, and it was just a bad day, and it happens. But without, the, without a doubt, the season was a success. I mean, you get your first playoff win under your belt since, I think, 2015, something like that, and um, they were – they have a very good team moving forward. They have a ton of talent with Dow and Sulikowski. They have a lot of scorers and everything. Hannah Cook, three-point shooters. Uh, they just have to put it together and play more consistent. I think that's the thing that we saw from them, a little bit inconsistent with the shooting and stuff like that. Uh, but if they can put it together next year, they can take it a step further and go to the regional final and maybe pass then too. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the optimism for next year is, is pretty high. Look at the boys' season. They won their quarterfinal and their semifinal, both had decent scores. I mean, the Scarborough game was about 10 points, and then the Massachusetts game was only about 5 or 6. I watched that game. But then in the regional final, lost to South Portland, and uh, it wasn't – it was uh, – it was a up and down roller coaster. You know, it looked really bad in the first. Then it got a little better in the second, and then just went back downhill. I think you both were at that game. You guys just have some thoughts about how TA played, what they look like next season, and then just quickly talk about South Portland going on to play Oxford Hills next week. Well, I you have to give Sopo a ton of credit for their defense. It wasn't like TA had a terrible day shooting. It was just mm-hmm. they couldn't get good shots off. They couldn't get open at all. They went scoreless in the first quarter. I thought they might go scoreless in the first half. It was looking really, really bad till they turned it on there uh, in the second quarter. But you have to give Sopo a ton of credit. And then they gave themselves an opportunity, which I think was huge, but Scar- uh, South Portland was the better team for all four quarters. And essentially, South Portland definitely proved they're the better team for – the whole season. I mean, uh, TA did give them their only loss, which is a great accomplishment and everything. And for the season, I mean, they went like as far as we thought they would uh, moving forward. You still have Will Davies, and as long as you have that guy, you have to feel pretty good about yourself. Uh, Will led Class AA in assists. And then Braden Kamiri, I heard, led Class AA in threes, which is mm-hmm. Uh, which is really good. So they have two dynamic scorers that they can lean on for next year. But their biggest hole is going to be at center, uh, missing a big body in Cody Ruff, who's going to be graduating. I have a couple guys in mind that might start, but we're not 100% sure yet. So we'll see how that position holds up. But they should be good to go for next year. 
I think in general, looking at the smaller sense, yeah, South Portland played a great game. There's no question about it. They had three or four players who were the best players on the floor for most of the game. You can't go scoreless in a, in a quarter like that and yeah. come back and win, even though they did get cut it within, I think it was two yeah. at the beginning, near the end of the beginning of the third quarter. Um, but they really had to play perfect from there to win the mm-hmm. game. So you can't get yourself down. And I think in the bigger sense, I mean, I, I've kind of been saying this all year. It's like I feel like they hit their potential. I mean, if you we watched a lot of basketball around the state, broadcasting some playoff games. And TA is not in the top five or six teams in the state. You include Class A. Like Falmouth is a really good team. And it's just because there's this – I think they're – for some of their players, they're a year away. And they don't have that one superstar player that we saw for Falmouth in the game that we broadcast. We saw for South Portland. Like, when you need a bucket, who are you going to go to? And, yeah, it, because, Will, you know, as a point guard, you're, you're, you can't always be the go-to guy. In the NBA, yeah, if you're Steph Curry, you can do that. But – when they needed a bucket, it's like, yeah, Camiri would hit buckets sometimes. Yeah, you could get maybe a Cody Ruff or Alicio or, or even in Cody Bowker. But it just they didn't have that one guy who they could go to in crunch time. And in the regular season, you can get away with that. In the playoffs, you really need somebody to put them on your on your back. Um, looking at next year, yeah, it's going to be a you know a lot of other teams are losing a lot. We're assuming Estrella's going to move on somewhere else, so South Portland will be down. So where will TA fit in? Tough to know, but they definitely were going to miss Cody Ruff and and watching the JV games. I mean, this is going to have to be some serious growth, mostly in bulk uh, <laughs> for some of those JV guys if they want to come out and compete hard. So I mean, hats off to them. I think they got the best out of what the talent that they had. I mean, if you compare this team to the last two years, I don't think it's close. I think the other. Two years, we had a lot more natural talent, and that's what happened. I mean, they went to the state championship game, and probably would have gone to another one last year if not for COVID. So, I mean, yeah, g- good season, tough way to end it. It was kind of, you know, it, it's tough when you lose by twenty in, in your last game like that, especially when you're close for a while. But, you know, they they did the best they could, so no, no regrets there. Yeah, and South Portland, I think, you know, just to add on, like they were hitting every shot. You know, some of their guys off yeah. the bench played really well, better than some of the TA players. So, you know, it was I, I think going into it, I thought South Portland was going to win anyways, but it ended up the way I thought it was, and now. South Portland going to play Oxford Hills on this cup coming weekend. And Oxford Hills, if you missed it, Tegan Pelletier hit a game-winning yeah. shot, beat uh, John Shane Edward Little, who uh, I would say I wouldn't say choked, but he missed two of his free oh, throws. Oh, it's a choke. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he missed his free throws, yeah. so he kind of lost it for his team. But, I will know. say this, though. I, 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 this is the first time I've seen Estrella in person. I wasn't, whole, I wasn't incredibly impressed. I and mean, maybe that was just one game. Because when I've seen, again, when I've seen the highlights of someone like Cooper Flagg, like it, it, for Estrella, he has moments where he seems great, but it's like we, I think his height was a big reason why he had a lot of those points the other day. Yeah. It wasn't his athleticism or decision-making. It was really just he get the ball, and as, as big as Cody Ruff is, when you have five inches on a kid, you're going to score a lot of points. So, yeah. And that's just that's just a one-off. Like, just saw him for one game. I didn't see the other two. Um, but I'm trying to – I think I'm going to go to the Class A game this Saturday just to see yeah. just to see Flag play, just to, just to see him in person because what I've seen from the highlights is just a different type of player. So that's not to knock on Estrella too much, but just for me it was like I, I really had a chance to win that game even though they have a guy who was like 6'10". So. Yeah, I agree. I think Cody Ruff did hang with him. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. like a huge gap between Estrella and Cody Ruff. He wasn't dominating or anything. And, uh, yeah, that'll be really interesting. South Portland and Oxford Hills – I got to give the edge to South Portland. How could you yeah. not? But yeah. I got to admit, I'm definitely cheering for Oxford Hills to knock off South Portland. Um, but it looked like it, it might have been a rematch of the football state championship, though. That would have been cool. interesting. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, we could have a rematch of football state championship, a rematch of the game we had here with TA and EL. So there's a lot yeah. of great matchups, but South Portland. I think it would be a good game. I mean, Oxford Hills, they're, they're one of those guys that doesn't have a superstar, but a lot of really good players. Mm-hmm. And knocking off EL is impressive and, for me, very satisfying. Yeah. All right, we want to quickly talk about the boys hockey team. Uh, myself and Josh Pulsford did the uh, quarter, excuse me, the prelim game last night. They won three to one over Mount Ararat. You know, they dominated. The score doesn't really, in my eyes, uh, show what 
how dominant TA played. It should, I mean, if you look at how it should have been, it probably seven and seven zero, eight zero, something like that. Uh, but the boys got a big win. They move on to play Falmouth on Friday or tomorrow, excuse me, uh, at five p.m. It'll be a pretty good game. We, they lost to Falmouth twice this twice this year, both two to one. It was good games. I mean, TA boys hockey. You know, we've talked about them having up and down years. It's definitely an up year. Uh, Coach Jamie Gallion did, did really well with that power play and doing a lot of offense. So. I think, in my eyes, it was a good season. Hopefully they can beat Falmouth and keep moving on. It's tough to beat a team three times in a year, so that gives the edge of Thornton Academy and the fact that, you know, this is kind of a funky year with a lot of the seedings are a little out of whack. You know, mm-hmm. you yeah. saw, like, South Portland's, like, the, was, like, the number three seed, I think, and we beat them, like, 6 nothing uh, not not that long ago. Mount Ararat, obviously, was a 12 seed, and they almost beat us last night. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, in hockey, a lot of it comes down to the goaltender on that given day, how he does, and the Mount Ararat keeper kept them in it last night. Yep. Um, I mean, if they get by Falmouth, then maybe that's kind of the monkey off their back as they go towards maybe a, a deep run in the playoffs. And I, I know that, uh, that even though it's going to be away at Falmouth, there'll be a ton of uh, TA fans there because they've been showing up a lot. And it's the last team sport remaining here in the winter season. So I'm sure they'll, that the home ice advantage will be neutralized, and, and I give them a shot against anybody in the state. Yeah. Well, that is going to do it for our winter sports season. Not for the episode, just letting you know. Uh, that was our last broadcast last night. Uh, for winter sports, we're going to have, I don't know, three, four weeks of a break here. Four, well, yeah, more like uh, like six weeks because yeah, the, the practices time. start like March 28th. 28th. Yeah. So you're not going to have games for at least two weeks after that. So, so we'll get a break A here. nice deserved break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll be back for boys and girls lacrosse, baseball as well. So some good spring sports coming up. But now we're going to move over to the professional side of the podcast. So Harden had his had a triple-double last night in his home debut. So I want to ask you about the trade. What do you think about the trade and the Sixers' chances uh, to m- make a run in the postseason, Zach? Um, I, I think out of that whole trade, I think first off, I think the the Nets definitely won that one. I think the two first-round picks are big because they gave up so much to pull in uh, Irving and Durant like, a couple years ago. Um, I think you can see Harden has a really good connection with Embiid, better than Simmons did had, had with Bead, so, Embiid. So, I mean, it, it's... It was it was definitely a trade where you know both teams are giving up something big, um, but right now the Nets are struggling. They you know they they all have, they are going to continue to have injuries for the rest of the year. You know Ben Simmons is still not playing. Kyrie Irving can't play because of vaccination right now, and a lot of uh, places are still struggling with that uh, to figure out what they're going to do. So you know I think the Nets end up in the play-in tournament, which we'll talk about here in a minute, and I think the Sixers will end up in the first few seeds. I see. I disagree. I think that I think the Seven Sixers win that trade hands down because really? Harden's looking. I mean, it's only two games, but like the the thing holding that Seven Sixers team back was Simmons and his un- inability to make shots and and take threes and everything. So you put Harden in there, plus the other guys that they got in that deal. They got Andre Drummond and they got um, uh, one of the shooters. I forget his name no, off the top of uh, it. Um, they got Paul Millsap. No, somebody else. I forget. It was one. Of, it was a shooter. Oh, Seth Curry. Not Steph Curry. The Steph. Nets got Seth. Curry. Oh, the yeah, oh, yeah. Shoot. See, that's went that so, way. So the trade was it was. Oh, that's right. Drummond went to the Nets. Yeah, it was it okay. was Simmons, Drummond, Seth Curry, and two first two round first picks. rounds for, for Harden, J- and, Harden. And, and Millsap. And Millsap. Millsap. Well, but, either way, I think yeah. Harden. I think Harden, if he plays up to his potential, has a better chance of playing up to his potential in, in Philly than Simmons does playing in in Brooklyn. Brooklyn has just way too many question marks. They have Durant who's still hurt. They have Simmons who's not really playing. Mm-hmm. You got the vaccination status of Kyrie, which probably won't be a factor in the playoffs, by the way, because. They're lifting mandates all over the place, um, and I think the first two first round picks. You know, we'll, we'll see if those turn out to be anything. Um, but I think I think it's a te- it's a trade that both teams needed. But I think the big loser in the deal was the Celtics because both I think both Philly and and uh, the Nets got better, and I think that puts the Celtics really on that second tier. Whereas before it was like 
you know, if Harden's not playing well for for the Nets and and Simmons is is not playing for Philly at all, then then Celtics are just right up there with those two teams. But I think those two teams now are, are light years ahead of the of the of the uh, Celtics, assuming everyone plays and is healthy. Yeah, I mean they, they got a big game. Uh, the Nets play the Celtics this weekend, which yeah. is a big one. I'm actually going to go to that game. Yeah. You is, are, yeah. Look at you, pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> um, hopefully Jalen Brown will play. I'm, I I was really upset that he got hurt in the last game. I'm like, please, please be back yeah. for that game. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think uh, initially I thought the Nets had won this trade, but I've had a complete change in opinion. When you just have two dominant scorers like Harden and Embiid, I think you can go far. And I, I like the Sixers' chances uh, to go far in the playoffs and potentially make the finals. Celtics are looking good too. We'll see. We'll see how far. They can go, um, but for the Sixers, I think Seth Curry is one of the most underrated players in the whole NBA, and losing him is big, but you don't need depth as much in the playoffs because you're not going to go as deep into your bench, so it'll be interesting to see, um, but I also want to talk about something that I am very happy that we are addressing, how bad, or maybe you disagree, but how bad the NBA the play loaded question is. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, but go ahead. What are your thoughts on the play-in tournament? I, I think... It is. It's like what the NHL did in that COVID year. Like they changed the whole playoffs around, letting more teams in. Great, one year. I understand because COVID, no one can really change that. But now, now you got to get rid of it. It's like it just makes the playoffs longer. I think it, it gives other teams chances. I think it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, you know, it, it makes it less competitive for me because teams are, you know, the Lakers are going to end up in the playing tournament. Yeah. So they're not like I don't think LeBron is that worried. Like, he's like, okay, yeah, the regular season doesn't matter to me. I'll just play well in the playoffs. So. It, I think it's stupid, but um, if the Celtics are not in the playing tournament, I'm fine. I just want them to be like the five or six seed and stay that way. Money. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pathetic. It, it, and I hate it in all sports. I hate it when they added the playing game in baseball. I hated it when they added the second the, the with the seventh team in football. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hate it when they add a twelfth or maybe up to a fourteen team in the base in baseball. It just makes the regular season completely irrelevant, and especially in basketball, which I don't watch much regular season basketball at all because every game one team gets down by twenty and then ends up you know coming back and then it's a fifty fifty at the end. Yeah. But the games really don't matter because when you're having more than half the teams in the NBA make make the playoffs, especially in a league that is that has issues with load management. As a fan, I'm less likely to buy tickets to go to a game when I don't know if Tim's gonna play. Because they're gonna they're in the playing tournament already. So, I mean, yeah, is it is it exciting for a one off game? Sure, it, it's entertainment value. But I don't know. It just it's it, it just makes the regular season cheap. And they're not they're not lowering ticket prices in the regular season or lowering the you know the the money I pay in my cable bill for the regular season because they have more playing games. If they did that, we'll talk. But yeah, it's just it's a money grab and it, it gets a lot of mediocrity in there. But the NBA, I mean, they're not stupid. They know that having the Lakers in the in the playoffs is better than not. And so they're they're giving more leeway to these superstar teams so they can be in the playoffs and make a deep run and hopefully they all lose in the play-on tournament it'd be great if the lakers and nets lost in the play-in for real yeah i last year you had lebron and steph in a playing game and that i'm sure made a lot of money but it's just soft that's the thing it's soft and people watch these games and money's made but it's just stupid nine and ten seeds don't deserve to compete for a championship right now as it stands, the Pelicans are the 10 seed in the West, 10 games under 500. You shouldn't be able to compete for a championship there. And like you said, the Lakers could get bailed out. As somebody that does not like LeBron and the Lakers, I would hate for all their regular – I'm enjoying their regular season struggles. Uh, if that just gets washed away by winning in the play-in tournament, LeBron has a couple good games, that would be pretty frustrating, and it definitely lowers the value of the regular season. There's less sense of urgency to make a playoff push to get that eight seed. It's just – it's really soft, and only only three eight seeds have won 
versus a number one seed when the first round has become a seven-game series. So, mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened since 2012. So these upsets aren't happening, and you're basically competing to lose in the first round. It's just kind of ridiculous. Well, the thing is, too, though, it's, it's not really fair to the seventh and eighth seeds because they've earned in the past. Definitely. They would have earned those seeds, and now they could lose before they even get in the proper playoffs. And, and the, the biggest travesty in all sports, I think, and this is, goes into play, is the play in the first four uh, for the NCAA tournament. Now, if you want to have the you know four potential twelve seeds play each other for the like the last spot in the tournament, I'm all fine. Go for it. But when you have sixteen seeds playing against each other who have earned a right in the turn uh, spot in the tournament by winning their conference tournament, and you make them play in the first four, and one of them lose, they don't even get in the real tournament properly. Yeah. Which I've never understood that they have four of their you know basically have six. Well, how many sixteen seeds? Well, whatever they they have four. too many. Yeah, but they have too many teams playing in that playing game. Mm-hmm. They earn their spot in the tournament. They should be in the tournament. And the same thing with the seven and eight seeds. Don't don't make them play the these nine and ten seeds who have just you know screwed around for most of the season. So we're all we're all in agreement on that one. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah. But we'll watch it if the Lakers are in it. Uh, so let's talk about Boston sports and specifically jerseys getting retired. Uh, Kevin Garnett's getting his jersey retired. So any other current Boston sports players that you think should get their jersey retired, Zach? Um, well, first, I think Kevin Garnett definitely deserves it. I, I'm not sure. Does Paul has Paul, Paul Pierce gotten yeah. his? He has. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard because I think this is the last, other than Chara, is the last, like, what I would call the old generation. Because after this, the next people I can think of is, like, Bergeron. Tatum maybe that's really about it for me um you know I, I think it's hard I think in my eyes Boston the people who are in those rafters are on a different level than just like you know the the Vince Car- I, I can't I can't think of people right off the bat but like you know it's it's the Ray Borks and the Bobby Orr's it's not you know just some some players that played for Boston for a long time so um you'll, you'll see just I think the talented players get in there. So for me right now, it's probably Tatum, Bergeron, and maybe Marchand if he doesn't get any more suspensions in his career. I would see. I'm I'm in an unpopular opinion is I don't think Garnett should have his jersey retired. Really? I don't think so. I mean, he's a great player. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, of course. But he he was here for what three or four years. They won one title. Great for him. But that for me, that doesn't mean he should be immortalized in the rafters. I mean, the Celtics are really bad at this. They have so many numbers retired. I don't, they have like something like 25 or 30 numbers retired. And certainly not Ray Allen. You know, Paul Pierce is different. Paul Pierce played most of his career in Boston, was basically the leader in a lot of the stat categories and had the championship. As much as KG changed the culture of this league, he wasn't here for more than a couple years. They only had the one. They really choked in that second, that second uh, in 2009, 0809. They really should have won the title then, but choked against the Lakers. So, um, yeah, I, 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 thinking I, your list is fine in terms of who's going to get retired from here. There's really nobody on the Patriots that's currently on the roster. I think would get the number retired. I mean, they don't really do that in the NFL anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, with the with the Bruins, same thing. Yeah, Tatum, Tatum has a long way to go. I mean, yeah. he's only 24, 23, whatever. So uh, yeah, there's no there's no slam dunks right now besides Brady. You know, if he's not on a current sports Boston sports team, but they better bring him back unless he goes to. San Francisco, you know, ring chasing. To go to baseball, I would think maybe Dustin Pedroia, probably. Yeah. Um, he was always one of my favorite players. I think I saw something that the Celtics have, like, the most jersey retire retirements of any franchise, yeah. like, just edging the Yankees or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was really cool to see uh, that um, Boston has a lot of great legends and everything like that. So, um, we just love, or we just love ceremonies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. So uh, February vacations and April vacations. I want to ask you, spring is coming up. might not seem like it because it's still kind of slushy outside and stuff, but is spring a good weather season in Maine? I'm going to have to go with mm, depends on the spring season because <laughs> I think 
I don't like spring. I hate the I hate the rain. I hate the the muddy slushiness. But like, if you take that like saying you learned when you were a kid, April showers bring May flowers. If you take that literally, like. The first few months, March, April, are usually more muddy, and the May section is usually when school's starting to get out, and it's usually sunnier out. So I like the end of spring, but I don't. It's just it's like it's like in between winter and summer. Like, can we just have winter? Or can we just have summer? That's yeah. that's what I think. One word: overrated. The spring <laughs> in Maine is terrible, and the only reason that we ever enjoy it is because we've just endured five months of just horrible weather as yeah. well. So it's like, oh wow, it's fifty out, and, and but it's muddy, and you know, in the sand, and there's salt everywhere in your yard, and you got to get that cleaned up from all the plowing. No, it's it's awful. I love the years too that it skips right to summer. Um, but it's not like, you know, there are certain parts of the country like Washington that have like really nice cherry blossoms. Like that's famous down in Washington, like certain trees and it's like really beautiful and everything like like we have in the fall. It's not like that here in Maine. I mean, you have some stuff that's blooming, but um, when you have mostly pine trees, which don't really bloom, that's not exactly a good recipe. So, again, it's it's asterisk of a good season because we're just we've been so miserable since the last November with the weather that. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm happy it's here. But I don't. When I talk about Maine to people who aren't from here, I'm like, just wait for the fall. That's that's the yeah. season that that yeah. really matters. The spring is just like, yeah, it's on. It's our it's our vehicle to summer. It's just like an awkward season. I feel like there's so much so much rain and everything. It's just it cancels a lot of things. Like I remember when I played baseball, practices were always canceled because of rain and stuff. But um, my favorite season is fall, personally, followed by summer. Um, so yeah, I agree. Spring is kind of overrated. I, I think I think. The one thing I like about spring, though, is the last few weeks of school when it's yeah. not really summer yet True. and it's nice outside, but it's a little bit of a breeze. It's not super warm. I like that part of spring, but the rest of it can just be thrown. But covering sports is terrible in the spring because yeah. in the fall when it's like warm out to start the game and then cold at the end, you're like, oh, oh, that little crisp fall breeze. Yeah, nice. In the spring, like you go to a baseball game and it's like 43 degrees and you're like, this is miserable. Why are we watching baseball? Yeah. So. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this Trojan Talk podcast. Uh, we talked about everything, the boys, girls, basketball teams, hockey. Uh, they all have great seasons. I know hockey's still going, so we'll see how far uh, they can go. But thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.